Greetings and salutations to another incredible episode that we are bringing to you today. We have an awesome episode with a great group of people. I am your host, Eddie Villanueva for the Film Philosophers, and with us is... My name is David Barry at DR Barry on varying social media platforms from the Capos Crusaders. That's right. And also we have Spencer... I'm not even going to say anything about it because this movie is going to speak We don't have time. It would be a five-hour <laughs> podcast. Uh, Spencer Williams is the co-host of The Philosophers. Hey. And then we also have with us intern Amy slash IJNU robot of the Capeless Crusaders. I like that I didn't have to do my own introduction today because now my hats are many and it's so plentiful. But over there in Lodi, who is coming in via all types of magic. It is the Azorian one, Anthony Steves. There it is. That's right. We got a great show for you as we have come together to join forces. We united. We have, oh my gosh. (laughs) Hashtag us united. (laughs) We have come together to do an incredible episode of Epic Proportions as we discuss the recently dropped HBO special event, the Snyder Cut of the Justice League. So stick around as we dive into that because we've got a lot of things to say. But before we do, Spencer, give them the Film Philosopher's opening credits. Uh, tune in each and every Wednesday morning on all your favorite streaming platforms and over on our website at filmlossophers.com. Also, connect with us on the social pages at facebook.com slash filmlossophers and on Twitter and Instagram at philosophy 101 That's right. And I'm going to throw it over to the Capeless Crusaders to do their thing. Oh, hey, we already said the greetings and salutations part. We are your number one allegedly podcast for anything comic book related. Uh, and this episode is brought to you in part by the Nerd on Nation powered by Patreon. 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 Nerd on Nation allows us to keep lights on and up our quality as a member of the Nerd on Nation. I'm going to do the whole spiel. You yeah. sure, go for One it. to $5 a month. You can get early access, access to episodes like this, a Discord community, nerdon.tv slash Discord, bonus episodes, and so much more. Check it out at nerdon.tv slash Patreon. Patreon. And for anything related to the Capeless Crusaders and Nerdon, you can head on over to thecapelesscrusaders.com, your hub for all things Crusaders. From there, you can find all of our content as well as the rest of the Nerd On podcast family. Beautiful. I am so See, jealous of your so, reverb. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the thing. Spencer... Don't ever complain about our owners because <laughs> you have it easy, my friend. Uh, but like I said, we have a great show in store as we have brought together the brightest and the greatest minds of the Sacramento and Lodi area <laughs> and Lodi. to come together to talk about a very anticipated thing that we've all been waiting for. And that is the Snyder Cut yep. of Justice League. There it is. Now, this has been a film that everybody had mythologically kind of brought up at one point in time, and then apparently it just appeared in a photo, and we all were like, oh, we want this, because anything could be better than the first. And then so it was created, and it dropped this past week, and I think we have a lot of things to say about it. A little bit. Do we have sheep access to this or no? No. Oh, shoot. So, Taz, <laughs> oh, make sure that you are doing that thing where you uh, keep it clean. Keep it clean. There's no Son sheep to protect you. There you go. <laughs> Thank you for looking drastically <laughs> off into the back. <laughs> so, before we dive into that, uh, Spencer, give us that official synopsis goodness. Uh, fueled by his restored faith in humanity and inspired by Superman's selfless act, Bruce Wayne enlists new newfound ally Diana Prince to face with an even greater threat. Together, Batman and Wonder Woman work quickly to recruit a team to stand up against this newly awakened enemy. That's right. Directed by Zack Snyder. Uh, this film stars a whole plethora of people <laughs> such as Ben Affleck, Henry Cavill, Amy Adams, Gal Gadot, Ray Fisher, uh, Jason Momoa, Ezra Miller, uh, Willem Dafoe, 
Jesse Eisenberg, Jeremy Irons, Diane Lane, Connie Nielsen, and of course the illustrious, wonderful J.K. Simmons. The cast, Robin right Wright. there. <laughs> right. Um, a couple of things about the film before we dive in. Uh, in order to keep full creative control and ensure that he, uh, that the fans received the most benefit, according to. Man, this is so far. I am losing it over here. In order to keep the most creative control and ensure that the fans received the most benefit from the Snyder Cut, Zack Snyder refused to be paid for the finishing of the Justice League. That's right. Also, according to the director, the uh, film contains uh, no shot filmed by Joss Whedon. (laughs) Ha ha. And that it also... (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Ha ha ha. And that it also only contains... Five minutes of new footage. Everything else had already been filmed <laughs> I, by yeah. Zack Snyder. I, I'm picturing Just, Zach and the editor in the room going, delete, 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 delete. <laughs> I, I feel I feel like everyone who said this movie was better than Joss Whedon's. It really just, it could have been Zack Snyder just on a mic just saying, hey, Joss Whedon sucks. And we were like, yeah, that's, that was a much better movie. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. That could have yeah. been great. That's what you did. So, Feminist mind. Let's go oh, no, I did it. Oh. <laughs> great. God, mark the time. Sorry. There we go. Yeah. We got farther than I thought we were. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, oh, anyway, sorry. So diving right into this movie, uh, we're going to go ahead and just put it out there. This is a spoiler-filled Review. This yeah. movie basically came out already. <laughs> no, but to be, yeah, to be fair, this is the 2017 storyline. No, I, I understand there's a lot of little things that are new, blah, blah, blah. And we just, we literally just said out of this four hour dang movie <laughs> that five minutes of it was reshot. Yep. And a lot of it was thrown out by the wonderful Joss Whedon. Yep. Wonderful. <laughs> sarcasm, okay. sarcasm. Um, yeah. <laughs> the, 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 like the what? No, no. So, uh, just putting that out there, spoiler alert, we're going to be talking about all things spoilers. Yeah. So, right off the get-go, what were some of you guys' expectations coming into this film? This particular one, obviously we saw, like you said, saw the ending of the last one and how it went. But with all the anticipation, like I mentioned earlier, uh, all the you know hype and everybody really talking about it and it actually being a thing and now it being here... What were you guys' anticipations, expectations? Would you like to go first, or we show it to the man in Lodi who is pensively staring into the screen? We, the Steves. Yeah, because his, <laughs> his eyes are like burning through the screen over there. Oh, yeah, because I'm wearing an S. <laughs> there, there That's it. Um, <laughs> I, there was already an anticipation about knowing what was coming, and I was expecting the same story told differently. That That's kind of what I was already expecting. And I was like thinking of, you know, um, puffy upper lipped Henry Cavill and scenes of like, you know, Ezra Miller falling on top of uh, Gal Gadot and then frustratingly and, and, and nervously just getting back up. I was wondering what those scenes having existed in Snyder's cut, or was that, you know, Whedon edition. So in my first opinion, I was thinking yeah. this is probably going to be better than what we saw in 2017, even if it is four hours long. What about you, Spence? I don't know, because like when you say like, like, oh, it's just a new cut of the film. And I'm like, I don't I don't understand like what that even is supposed to mean, because it's not a remake. You, we already shot all the film. So I was just coming into this with confusion um, on w- why we were here in the first place. I, I can I can I can I can sympathize with you. The confusion. <laughs> yes. What about you, Amy? Were you just as confused? I wanted more clothing. other than normal. Hey. 
different like <laughs> subjects, sir. This is my area of expertise besides cheerfulness and tea. Um, I was more excited about more clothing for my Amazonians because no offense, if we're going to play something where the bikini has the highest property for protection, uh, we need to reassess that. Yeah, that, that. That would be a video game, not yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the abs with the mallet. Just we haven't gotten there yet, but that was, that was worth it. If you've watched funny. professional wrestling, but that's all they need. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's hey. all anyone needs. You need underwear, male well, or female. Uh, Undertaker in underwear, let's go. Okay, I mean, just not Brett the Hitman Hart. Wow. He, he I, I do not want to see him in underwear. <laughs> well, he's not Shawn Michaels. Depends. Depends I, who it is. Depends? depends. Right. No, not depends. It depends. Well, not, not the underwear. What about so, you, Doug? I, the, the problem is, is um, I, I knew that it was going to be better just because... If you got four hours, you're going to be able to tell more story. Now, that's a lot of information. That doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be good, but you can just hit a lot of the you know, critiques that they had previously. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, I mean, to be fair, you could have a plate of, uh, let's just say, uh, diarrhea, and you could yeah. have a plate uh, that is a solid turd, and you could say, well, the solid turd is better. Yeah. But that's it's still still. It's feces. It's yeah, exactly, exactly. I'm not saying it's all feces. I'm just, I'm just saying, like, there, there, you, you had a lot of room for growth after, after the 2017 movie, just because the 2017 one was so bad. Very true. Then the problem was, is the, the, the social media stuff around the Snyder cut. Yeah, Yeah. that's what soured it a lot, and that's where I had really low expectations because more I was upset at a certain side of his fan base. And so that kind of spoiled a lot of opinions going into it, like good or yeah. bad. Uh, his fans were awful. So mm-hmm. yeah, very not, true. not all of them, not all of them, but <laughs> like, like us, we're, we're not terrible. Yeah, we're not terrible, but no. there you go. Uh, the biggest <laughs> thing I anticipated. Like so the biggest thing I expected out of this movie, I, I really wanted to see something that actually kind of tipped the balance, tipped the scales. Uh, because previously there was a whole lot of, as Doc so eloquently put, diarrhea yep. on one side yep. of this balance that it just was completely one-sided. It was just out of this. It uh, was a diaper baby blowout. Yep. Yeah, there you go. It's a diaper baby blowout. There you go. <laughs> I right right there now you I go. have my upper lip stuck, so I look like Henry Cavill in 2017 right now. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> I see. Uh, one, other thing, one other thing I was looking for was I was looking for an opportunity to root for somebody other than Superman in this, because it seemed like that was the main focus of the first film. And after everything going on with Ray Fisher and his whole battle with WB and everything going on with him and Joss Whedon, I wanted to see something that made him shine brighter. And and mind you, that was that was a tall order because he was completely like a minute character in the first one. Right, so right. Uh, just diving in, though. What is the first and biggest takeaway you guys got as soon as the film ended? Uh, the epilogue was completely unnecessary. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't, know, I, don't, I don't know how specific you wanted me to be. You know, I, I, there's no there's no structure or like linear chronological order that we need to do. Just wherever it is, because it, there's a lot. This is a four hour four, movie. Uh, that's the problem. Is as yeah. soon as I got to the three and a half hour mark, and I was like, okay, that was. Better than 2017. And then the last half hour, I was like, why am I still here? Yeah. Like, what, oh, yeah. what is happening right now? I think I, I will say uh, I made, I've had this argument with several people now. I know artistic vision is important. I know, you know, creativity and, and art is, is a big part of what all these people do. They are creating yep. art. I understand it. We yeah, create hey, art. You know. um, but at the same time, it was, it was four hours. And yeah. I, I watched it in 
blocks. I know he set it up into parts. I couldn't even watch those whole parts. I was no. like here and there on my phone. I'm like, okay, I can watch 15 minutes of this because I was never going to sit down and watch four hours. <laughs> here's here's the problem with that mentality of thinking, yes, four hours is more than enough time to fully lay out what you had in, you had in mind the first time. The whole plan, you could definitely do that in four hours. Yep. But it shouldn't take four hours. No. If you're looking at, I mean, let's take a look Unless at Hunger it's Lord Games. Lord of the Rings, and we needed that. Well, even That's Lord of the Rings story. is like three hours. But Lord, Lord, of the, Lord of the Rings, the three and a half hour version, the three and a half hour version of Return of the King that holds the record for mm-hmm. most awards and everything, that wasn't even, the extended version I love is over four hours. Yeah. But I would not have sat in theaters for, and that version didn't win awards. Very true. true. The yeah. three and a half hour version did, which is still obscene. Exactly. What about you, Amy? What was the first thing that you took away when you saw it? I did not like the weird soundtrack at the first couple of parts. I couldn't put my head around oh, it. Oh, yeah. Where it was like, we're singing, and Amy Adams is walking in the rain. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and there's coffee. And I'm like, I remember that song. What? Was that Junk- song? Junkie right. XL was really right. like, I gotta, I wanna put it out there. A little less conversation. A little less conversation. It's out there. Right? So, Junkie XL with uh, Philip Philip or something? Or? Yeah. I, I honestly could not wrap my head around some of the musical choices when it came to spoken words to place it in there in the soundtrack. It felt disjointed. And then again, uh, I think you've brought up prior that the Ten Commandments was how long and it had an it's intermission? It's not this long. <laughs> I was just thinking that. And Steve's is like, wait a minute. The I, Ten I Commandments had an intermission? I have not seen a film with an intermission since... Hamilton. 2000 and... Hamilton. That didn't count. 2006? <laughs> no. 2003, I was, for extra credit in U.S. history, I saw Gods and Generals Ooh. in the Great movie. Only time I've ever had an intermission in my yep. life. Yeah. Oh. Ten Commandments was three hours, 40 minutes. And it had so, an intermission. And, and it had an intermission. Uh, 1963's Cleopatra was four hours and won four Oscars. I would like to look. Do you guys know but what a bell curve is? Do you know what a bell <laughs> curve is? <laughs> That's up here. Everything else is down here. <laughs> that was a different time. What different about you, Spence? Time. <laughs> where do you even start because we could go back to there's so much weirdness in this movie why was that woman sniffing jason moma's sweater you know that smelled like fish right yeah everyone in that town Just had to smell like fish. sweat and fish mm-hmm. and yeah. it was moving it was so moving. but yeah like junkie soundtrack man like it was all like that wonder woman thing that they replaced it with the it's like why is that playing every five minutes i can't i don't i I had the closed captioning turned on um and it it said every time in parentheses it said amazonian uh lamentation like that was that that was serious it's it's like amazonian lamentation plays and it's just like Okay, that's that's that sound, and then all of a sudden the dun, 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 dun. I'm like, we have to have it every time she does anything. Like she reaches for a cup of coffee, and we get her theme song. It's her, she picks up her brush, she scrapes a little dun, bit dun, off. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Steve? Hi, everyone. I'm the guy who liked the movie. Uh, hey, hey, we like it. I've got a lot to say, but I didn't. Go ahead, keep rubbing your ass on your chest. Yeah, the whole time. I. When it comes to the, when we're talking about the artistic expression, the first hour that the slow motions occurred, I wouldn't have had slow-mo. <laughs> I, 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 I liked slow-mo in a number of scenes, but thought it was overused in the first hour. Like a number of those yeah. scenes did not need slow-mo at all. One time for her seeing the bullet go past her head and the rest could have been just fast. Uh, Lois yeah. walking to yeah. the memorial did not have to be that slow. 
Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, Jason Momoa, as beautiful of a man as he is, and I strive to look like him someday, I don't need him that slow walking on the dock going into the water. That, oh, yeah. lo- that much water splashing. And, and, I know and he, littering, mind you. Littering. And he littered. And you know that's just <laughs> Jason Momoa out of character. That's just him. That's what he does. He walks in a dock <laughs> with whiskey into water. That's just something he does. Um, oh, yeah. But in the, the, the artistic expression, yes, I agree with Barry. This could have been three and a half hours um, could be three and a half, three hours. Oh, wow, I can't talk. Three and a half hours. Uh, <laughs> I enjoyed aspects of the epilogue, but I didn't need aspects of the epilogue. Like, cool. I see where you're going with the dark side thing and the future and Batman's new Justice League. I think I've read that in comics before. That's cool. I didn't need it here. We knew about Luthor and uh, Deathstroke. We knew that already. I do like that they changed it up. Um, I just felt like I, I liked the way more scenes were more in depth, but those slow-mo scenes at the beginning, we we did need the first hour of slow-mo. Yeah. I, I have to agree. Yes, Zack Snyder is the king of slow motion action sequences or slow motion likes scenes to remind together. Exactly. I mean ever since <laughs> ever since three hundred Exactly. Ever since 300, it's abs and slow motion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's all it is. Yeah. So it, with this particular film, I, the biggest thing that I took away from this movie was I, I think the last third of this movie didn't really change for me. Like, I felt like, yes, there was the insertion of Darkseid, and yeah, we get to see him, and and saw, you know, Granny, whatever, everybody else. And it's like, but at the same time, that last third was like, it didn't really hit me any harder than I was hoping it would have to change my mind on the movie. Right. Um, and that's that's saying something, because when we when we talk here on the show, when we talk about movies, the first thing we always say is we give things a fair shake. We always give it a good listen. We give it a good watch. And even if it is hor- it has horrible reviews, we'll give it a chance. And who knows? We might find a gem. This last third of the movie was the f- the ninth inning, the final run, the last quarter, last two minutes. It needed to hit it out of the park. And I just, I felt kind of let down <laughs> by yeah. the end. I mean, everything that they attempted to do, even with Barry Allen and, and I, like, I get it. We're trying to set up things. But let's establish you first. Right. I mean, and that's been that's been the outcry so far for DC since the beginning is let's try to create DC's basis as foundation before we start jumping towards other things that are not ready to be brought out. Right. You know, um, one of the things that we did today, actually, I was uh, talking with Spencer. Uh, Spencer hadn't really fully seen uh, The Dark Knight Returns Part Two, the, the animated one. And so I was like, bro, like that last sequence, I just, I totally fast forwarded it to when he meets up with Oliver and then pretty much planning the final battle. And, and I showed Spence and after it was done, Spence was like, why don't we put this on live movies? <laughs> like, that was great. It was great. But the thing is, is that they're, they're pushing to create that type of sentiment in a now modern time frame. It's like the, you guys remember at San Diego Comic-Con, when they announced Batman versus Superman and they had, what's his name? The actor who uh, played the general in man of steel. They had him come out and they had him give that iconic monologue that Batman gives to Superman before he has the heart attack. He's like, I, you know, remember the man who beat you. And it's like, Oh my gosh, you feel the weight of that. Because everybody knows that comic. Everybody knows that graphic novel. It's incredible. Frank Miller is a genius. Uh, And then they show the symbols in the back. It's like, Oh, it's Batman versus Superman. And then we got BVS. And it's like... <laughs> I, Spencer understands as well. It's like, where where did the anticipation and the heart go into creating this 
foundation, you know? Uh, I, I don't know. What do you, what do you think, Doc, about all it, this? It's, I, I, there's a quote from, from Zack Snyder where he basically said, at this point, he didn't think they should. I couldn't remember if it was he, they couldn't or they shouldn't uh recreate what marvel had, had no, he should the, the problem yeah. was Mar- yeah they shouldn't they shouldn't try to recreate what marvel had done marvel whether you are sick of their their you know uh patterns or, or the way their movies go they have established 10 years of box office dominance like they're they're yeah, yeah they're not going anywhere and he basically said that we shouldn't try to do that but it almost seems like did Warner Brothers want to do that and Snyder didn't? And that's where the disconnect was. Yeah. Because part of my biggest problem with Justice League is, is like, why do you have your team up movie before you've introduced half your mm-hmm. team? Sorry, exactly. Sorry. Yeah. I need to swear <laughs> there. See, it's <laughs> difficult. Very it's passionate. Difficult. Um, it's very <laughs> difficult. It's it's when you haven't introduced your your entire team. And, yeah. And yeah, and in a four-hour movie, you did a much better job of introducing your team. Yeah. But it shouldn't take four hours. No. True. Exactly. Because if you take any adaptation, any novel to film adaptation. Yes, there are always going to be parts that are missing that you're like, oh, but they didn't do this part. Right. Oh, they didn't do like I, I, I've, I've said this several times on on the show. I have a friend who when we went, we all went to go see the first Hunger Games movie. When we left, we were like, what do you think? She's like, mm, it's OK. And we we're like, what the? It was a good movie. And she's yeah. like, they didn't have the lamb stew, the lamb stew <laughs> that Katniss has on the train. Right. They didn't have the lamb stew. It was broth. That way, and and she went off on that, and I'm like, what? I, I, I don't remember there being lamb stew in the book, but hey, no, you know, I saw the trailer. Eddie, you don't was, get it. She, the lamb stew. <laughs> it's the <laughs> lamb stew. And so, mind you, yes, if you have four hours, yeah, you can jam pack that thing with everything yeah. that you can put under the sun. And right? terrible hot dog jokes. <laughs> yes, oh and terrible gosh. hot dog jokes. Uh, but it shouldn't take four hours, right? Like you are a filmmaker, you are paid hundreds of millions of dollars to bring in this story and make it work for a digestible amount of time. Two and a half hours. Okay. Three hours. Ah, okay. Maybe that's pushing it. Three and a half. Ah, you're starting to lose me. If you're pushing a movie to four hours and you expect me to be at peak interest at the very end, you're really asking a lot from me as a fan. Right. When I have to plan out my weekend to watch your four hour movie, <laughs> right? you've done something wrong. Serious. Well, I, I the the thing is I with with when with that four hour block, it's I, I think of like some like musicians like yeah. What's on the radio? The three minute cut of your song. Even yeah. if the album then has a four minute cut of the song, the three minute cut is what's on the radio. Is that yeah. right? I'm not saying that. Is that go against your artistic vision? I'm not saying that. But at the end of the day, if you want to get played on the radio, you know how long your song needs to be. If you yeah. want to have your hour long song concept album, that's a bunch of 10 minute songs. Yeah. I yeah. love that. I listen to those bands, but I know that's never going to pop up on the radio. And that's exactly what, like you had mentioned, Lord of the Rings did it. There's, there's versions of Harry Potter. There are versions of these films that are, yes, longer cuts, but it's the digestible portion of it that goes out to theaters that people are like, oh, okay, yeah, I can dig this. Yeah. And then they come around and they're like, oh. There's an extended edition of Lord of the Rings. You mean there's like four and a half hours of Frodo and Sam? Yeah, I'm in. You know, and that's easier to digest at right. home once I've already like bought into the idea. Mm-hmm. Um, what did the did the timing of it ever like affect any of you? Like you, Steve's, did it affect you in any way? I mean, I'm already a, a a TV movie junkie. I'm the guy who will be in the theater for four hours long because uh, I I mean I did the Dark Knight trilogy marathon. When Dark Knight Rises mm. came out. So I was in the theater at 6 p.m. 
and Dark Knight Rises was at midnight. There was breaks in between, of course, but yeah. uh, I, I've done that. I get. Don't don't get me wrong. I'm not saying I want only four hour movies from here on out. I get it. Uh, but I went at it like a, a TV series. New episodes are out. Okay, I'm gonna crank out four episodes today, and that's kind of how I went out of this. I watched it in one hour blocks. Watched it one hour, mm. then watch another hour, then watch another hour. Um, I th- regarding like the whole like the quote Barry brought up. Um, I don't think Zach wanted to do exactly what Marvel did, but Warner Brothers was like, "No, we need our DC universe," and so Zach is like, yeah. "All right." here's what I can make you. And he makes man of steel. He makes BVS. And when BVS hit theaters, many of us know it got a hatchet job. Uh, yeah. A lot of it got cut out completely. And the fact that there was an ultimate edition and that it actually yeah. did do a better job of the storytelling that fueled, this is me again. I'm guessing I'm writing my screenplay on Zack Snyder's life. Um, this is me. He got fueled by that. It was like, see yeah. my original thing got a better response from people than what you put in theaters. Yeah. So now you're giving me the green light to do Justice League. I'm going to do it my way. You're going to get the four hour block and I know my fans are going to watch it. So it's kind of, um, I kind of respect that portion of it where for once it's like the artist telling the studio, it's the way I'm going to tell it. You don't get to cut it this time. So I respect that part. Um, still, again, I still wouldn't have been four hours. I've been three and a half hours, like Barry said earlier. Um, but <laughs> I, I did, oh, Eddie, and what you were talking about, I the end was the same. The Justice League unites. They defeat Steppenwolf. I yeah. just felt there was a lot more heart with the characters in this story versus yeah. what Justice League, as they're calling it. I Justice. liked Flash a lot more. I liked Aquaman more. Cyborg. I'm a cyborg fan now, and I never read a comic about him. But the way yeah. they told his story in this, I'm like, I, I like Victor. I, I like the story they're telling. Why was this whittled down so much, Josh? Josh, excuse me, yeah. not Josh, not Josh. <laughs> I'm gonna change your name now. We, no, um, your your guys as a producer is gonna. <laughs> why is this Steve so mad at me? I don't know what I did. Oh, no, um, but I just I did feel while the story was the same, there was more heart in the way they told it. Yeah, but and I again wouldn't have gone four hours, but I get why the empowerment of Hey Warner Brothers now I get to do it the way I wanted to, and he's just ran with it basically. Yeah. One thing I wanted to ask you guys, another another little logistical aspect. How'd you guys feel about the 4-3 aspect ratio? Threw me off. This like, man right knew away. we were in a pandemic <laughs> and he made this. Thank you. I'm not going to an IMAX theater right now. What are you talking about? Thank I'm you. calling it. I, I read a review. I read a review that literally said it was almost cruel to throw that in our face. <laughs> it was. It's that's like, yes, yes, word. that's your artistic vision, but it reminds us that we don't have access to mm-hmm. theaters right mm-hmm. now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I don't think he was trying to say, hey, screw you, you can't go to movie theater. I don't know if that's actually what he wanted to do. I don't know the it's guy. It's pretty close. Because I was felt like, like it. Yeah, yeah. I felt like we were almost, you know, dialing back the time and I had to go to the garage to go get that old, you know, Big booty TV. Get your CRT <laughs> out. Exactly. Don't make fun of my TV fill up. <laughs> Am I watching this on TikTok? Wait a minute. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. No, I, I, everyone's like, oh, the aspect ratio. I was watching it on an iPad, and I'm like, oh, my iPad's almost square anyway. So it was. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm but then when I put it on my TV, I was like, what's, what's happening here? Where's Where's the sign? You know, where's the it's missing this. They've said they're not, but I'm calling it. The second theaters open up, this is going to be an IMAX theaters. It's going to be an IMAX. Yeah. Oh yeah. no doubt. They're saying no right no now. Doubt. But when it opens up, eh, okay, we'll put it in IMAX. Yeah, you got it. No problem. Yeah, War- Warner Brothers says no to a lot of things. And then they're like, wait, these fans, we can get so much money out of them. Just kidding. So much money out Just of them. kidding. Yeah. <laughs> get the frog yeah. out of here again. I, I, 
I, I don't know if like doing it. I get it. One of the biggest reasons Zack Snyder has come out and said that he did it in the four three aspect ratio was because heroes are vertical. They fly. They have spears. They have tridents. They uh, they're 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 apparently. You know, taller. Apparently, I, I don't know, uh, but I don't. What does this have to do with anything? I, I'm te- look. I'm don't 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 kill the messenger. Doesn't make any sense. I'm just telling you what Zack Snyder said. I mean, hey, as someone who spent years telling people, don't buy the full screen DVD, buy the widescreen DVD. That's the way the directors want you to see yes. it. The second this started, I'm like, everything I've. Everything I've said is now is now being thrown out the window. What, what is this full screen? Exactly. <laughs> no, no, no. It, it, it's no. It's like one of those opportunities where you you you're best friends with somebody and they're like, hey, you should come over and see a movie. And you're like, okay, cool. And they pull out the DVD of the movie and you look at the bottom and it says full screen. Yeah. And you're like, what kind of monster I, are I you? I have a full screen copy of Love Actually. I haven't popped it in. I bought it digitally so I got the widescreen version. That's what I did. <laughs> It's the only way you're supposed to watch it. How else are we supposed to see? It's like when you have Firth in water. When you have the editing team having to move the scene over so that you can include what's happening on the left, that's just like no, that's that's not how it's meant to be seen. And I think this was something that was intentional. I, I really do believe they are going to capitalize on this in the IMAX oh, theaters, yeah. and they're gonna be like, oh, oh yeah. well, in honor of this, the true success of you know HBO Max mm-hmm. and you know the Zack Snyder, we're gonna have it in theaters for about a week, and then it turns into three months, and it's like, oh, they gave us the the Agatha wink, no, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was cruel, it was cruel, and literally, I felt like. I liked that it felt like it was a comic book panel, but other than that, even that was pushing it. Mm. For li- no, for literally, let's talk about the sequence that there were two sequences where I was like, "This is wrong. This square does not deserve this punishment, and neither do I." <laughs> it was the Amazon sequence with yeah. the mother box. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was the the history lesson, mm. the history yeah. lesson sequence with the fight. Neither of those needed to be a square. They needed to be a big, long, shiny rectangle, and let me take it all in. Yeah, I mean, because if you look at going back to (laughs) Lord of the Rings, you look at the aspect ratio, that 16 by 9 aspect ratio and the full beauty of Mm -hmm. those cinematography, like genius scenes. And you're like, this is this is epic. Mm -hmm. And you feel it within the scene. You're seeing it within the visuals and you're just you're engaged that going to what you said, Amy, that fight, that battle sequence. I was like. It feels like I'm watching cartoons on a Saturday morning, mm-hmm. like that square look, and I'm like, "Oh, this is GI Joe's." <laughs> this is <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> but I, I don't know what the what the thought is. Uh, do you guys think this might be something that catches on with other filmmakers in terms? Yeah, of- better not. No, well, it, it, okay, yes, <laughs> pitchforks. Yes, speaking out loud on our opinions. Yes. It's it's completely cruel and un, and unusual and it's unnecessary. However, we can't negate the fact that studios move on their own beat, mm-hmm. right? So, w- Steve, what do you think? I, I I kept comparing this to the way Nolan put IMAX scenes into Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises. How the whole film, the whole movie has the widescreen feel, but when those IMAX scenes popped up, it filled up your screen. Not the way four three did, but it filled up the entire screen. Um, if there's a way that they can make that happen where our TVs adapt to this 4-3 ratio where we don't notice those sidebars where everything's filled up and it looks wide to us, but it's <laughs> an IMAX filmed, which I can see happening. Yeah. Uh, 
I have no problem, but I, I, I don't, my TV didn't like those bars because when I was done, I had that, I still have an old plasma from like 11 years ago. So there was still lines in my screen for a while. <laughs> after that. It goes away, but it was there for a little bit. Uh, so yeah. if there's a way, or if you're unlucky and you have one of those TVs where it just stretches it wide <laughs> and everybody's got one of those, uh, spy kids part one yes. faces where the hundred <laughs> percent. Um, the, the, the logistical aspect of this movie, yeah, had a pretty big impact, but let's talk about the impact that the film itself, uh, the content of it had. What were some of the biggest differences that you saw between Joss Whedon's justice league and this justice league? You want to go, Doc? Uh, I was about to jump on this. Because well, I, I know where Amy's going. But... Oh, no. There's more than one place that oh, I'm going. okay, okay. Well, I, I, the Joss tried to make it like Avengers. Avengers light. And, and yeah. didn't do a good job of it. Like, like the a lot of people like to, I mean, okay. People that I've seen online who are pro Snyder Cut like to bash that Avengers and Marvel movies will have like a serious moment and then it'll like end in a quip of some kind. Or, you know, you have... Iron Man gets awoken by Hulk yelling and then he's like, did someone kiss me? Like it had that moment. And that yeah. was, that was very like Joss Whedon kind of gave that, that yeah. to yeah. to cinema, whether you like him or not. Uh, and some people dislike that. And the, the, so there wasn't a lot of, there was a lot less joy and humor in this one, which yeah. is what a lot of people wanted. True. Um, but it definitely, I mean like the, the colors were much more muted, less, less vibrant, which depending on how you feel about, comic books and superheroes for some people is a good thing for some yeah. people is a bad thing. But I think the, the biggest thing is, yeah, a lot of the, the humor that Joss didn't do a good job with because yeah. he was inserting humor into something that already existed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like it, it's kind of like why, why even I, I'm confused why Joss's movie was only two hours given that, they, that he had the, all this content mm, yeah. and he cut so much of it out. He added in all this, this humor and a little and brevity and then, made it two hours it was it's very confusing yeah how different the two are uh but yeah it, it felt less 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 positive which yeah, so yeah for some people that's a good thing i mean looking at Zack snyder's previous work it, it makes sense yeah mm-hmm. like i mean you're looking at 300 you're looking yeah. at Watchmen. yeah i mean every single one of those movies ends very somber in a very somber tone yeah so it's no surprise. Amy, you said you had something because you're looking over here. So many things. <laughs> okay. Well, so many things. I have, besides going for like my preferred favorite, which of course will always be Wonder Woman, seeing the speed up on her, seeing the justice that they actually, <laughs> they actually did to the Amazonians. Yeah. In full, in full, I almost said, yeah, regala. Full regalia. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I said it right. <laughs> Look I mean, at that. I mean taking a pause really quick there. I have never had more pride in another group of people in a film than I did watching that scene. Like seeing everybody, I I had talked to Amy about this this past weekend and I was like, one of the greatest things I saw about that is you can feel the familial relationship between everybody there. And it's like, it's not even acting. It's like instinctual. It's natural. Show him your fear. We We have no fear. Yeah. And that oh, whole like so that good. whole scene from beginning to end with Connie Nielsen and the whole tribe of M- the Amazonians, everything about it just screamed differently than Joss Whedon's you know uh, eye candy scene that he created. It wasn't yeah. even eye candy. It was literally these women were being felt up by a camera. Mm. It yeah, wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't the placement again. The placement of the bikini, the the bikini armor in here, 
not only was it much more sporadic, but it was in the spaces where I could go, okay, yeah, the chicks that are holding open the door and got the right. massive abs mm, that's and those arms, I'm like, yes. I was like, you Beth ain't Phoenix gonna... is in this movie. Yeah, but... <laughs> <laughs> I was like, who put Beth Phoenix she in here? she swings the mallet, you're like, yeah. that is Beth Phoenix. That is Beth Phoenix. Beth, Beth would have held that by herself and had no problem. <laughs> With her TR. 100%. But that, but in and in and of itself, the the gravity of those those people, them as a people, was felt so much more. The um, what they did with Diana for speed, where they actually made her more of a demigod, and she yeah. they quickened her pace. Um, the the storytelling, how she figured out the information, yes. the lighting of the fire. So there are all these little bits that keep moving forward. The the one thing that I was like, why didn't we get this in the Whedon trash fire, the Clark in the ship, and the two dad talk. Yep. Oh my God. If you want, if you want your ghiblies to tingle, I don't care what your sex is, <laughs> that will crush and inspire you in so many stunning ways uh, that I'm just that. I was that I yes. was the four-year-old little kid who didn't speak English watching the Christopher Reed movies back and forth when I saw that scene. That's that's the tingles that I got. Yeah, that that scene alone just emulates everything that is right with the DC universe, mm. because I, I, don't, I don't know about you guys, but I think it's clear and, and just downright the only answer of the best DC EU movie is man. Absolutely. Yeah. Like yes. hands yeah. down. And when you incorporate somebody as incredible as the, the best so far, Pa Kent that we have seen oh, yeah. on the big screen or little screen oh. is Kevin Costner. Like every time I watch Man of Steel, I practically ball my eyes out because Kevin Costner is like the perfect dad to Clark. Kent. It's not just me. Good. Thank you. No, no, no. A hundred percent. And this movie, that particular scene. Oh yeah. It, it, it broke me. Cause you're like, you have somebody who has no recollection of either of these two people. And yet their voices are ringing through his head mm-hmm. as truth. And it's like, I want to put this, you know, somewhere where I can see it all the time. Cause this is, this is inspirational. This is exactly where the DCEU should be driving towards creating these types of moments. Yes. You can have your brevity. Yes. You can have your lighthearted moments, but recognize the DCEU is built upon relationships. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is built upon the dynamic between the light and the darkness, between the good and the evil. That is how the DCE, that is how the DC universe has progressed for over 70 mm-hmm. years. Plain and simple. And when you move out of that to idolize, you know, the, the amount of skin you can see on a woman or you move it out because you, you move to a different direction because you don't want to see a particular character like Cyborg have any time in the sun. Then you start moving away from everything that made the DC establishment mm-hmm. great. I was, Which I, think- I was in that theater. Melissa, my wife, was pregnant with our first child, Jackson. Like he was two months away. Those scenes you're talking about, Kevin Costner, yeah. uh, when when he, when young Clark is, should he just let the kids die? And he says, maybe. And he just tries to break down to Clark what he's coming yeah. from. I'm over here and that piano, that great piano, Superman <sighs> thing, boom, boom, that thing. Yeah. I'm looking at my unborn Jackson and I'm like, how am I the one crying? She's the one pregnant. And I'm the one <laughs> I, need, I need a moment. I need a moment. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, it's such an incredible a set of emotions that they exude within just man of steel alone mm-hmm. from the connection between him and uh, Jor-El and his family 
to him and his connection with his parents and his father, to him his and his connection with his people, to him and his connection with Amer- like earthlings. Mm-hmm. It is built upon relationships. Yep. That is what makes it so fantastic. And we have moved so far away from that in all of these re- recent movies. Yeah. And mind you, yes, I'll give it to Zach. He's bringing it back. He's like, he's bringing it back around, you know, back and, the, and farm. the work, the work that he did with Cyborg in this film was stunning. I am pissed that Joss Whedon cut that entire part out. Criminal. So it was criminal to cut all of that out. It was ridiculous. Because it was so good. Everything about it just screamed what we loved about Man of Steel. Those familial, mm-hmm. those, those relationships, the relationship with him and his father, the relationship with him and his team, the relationship with him and his self, recognizing that he's okay and, and he's good the way he is. Like, seriously, that is hitting it on the head. My yeah. wife was like, why was he cut out of that movie? She's like, well, this, I don't even know who this guy is. I've never seen a cyborg before, and I love his story. And uh, yeah, it was fantastic. Amy, sorry, I cut you off. Oh, no, 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 because that's literally this. The takeaway from this was more heart. It was more connection. It was more relationships. This, even it, yes, <laughs> it was way too long. And there was <laughs> lots of spaces. We, the hour of slow-mo. <laughs> well, we could have cut, literally, we could have cut an hour. Yeah. We could have yeah. got away with it. Easy. Yeah. There are, there are spaces we could talk about the Leto Joker who was, uh, he tweaked across every like version that he could find, <laughs> which was better than and what then, we'd and seen. And then he made a butt sex joke. And then he made okay. a butt sex joke. <laughs> yeah, and we're like, true. you were so close. You were so, <laughs> literally. Um, <laughs> but this, <laughs> this movie carried so much sincerity and earnest connection to the characters that it did what the animated DCU tries to do in every single story. Well, they tell. I don't even think they try. They just do. Like if we're going to be That's honest. That's why we like cartoons. DC, the, the DC okay. cartoon film industry oh, yeah. is on fire. And everything now it's taking they, a nap. Everything that they've put. <laughs> true. Everything that they put out from, you know, the, the, Red, Hood the Red Hood to. Hood. Oh. Yeah, exactly. To. <laughs> To the ones we saw, like the Dark Knight Returns part one and two. I mean, they are nailing it and hitting it out of the park. The live action's got to catch up. Yeah. Like plain and simple. It's not, it shouldn't be that difficult. If you have lower level, lower tier, whatever you want to call them, directors who are doing these cartoons, get them up to the top level and have them direct some of these movies that we're wanting to see. Or, you know, if you're just too lazy for that, (laughs) just get some great voice actors, like bring some of the live actions of the voice act, the comic ones, and just put those in theaters. There you go. (laughs) Book Anthony and Steve. Book Anthony. Is he plugging himself? He always does. When I, the, the the having when we talk about the the Batman vs Superman Ultimate yeah. Edition, like the fact that it again it was uh, it was long, and there's probably some things that still could have been obviously cut from it, but there was the story made so much more sense, mm. and you cared so much more. Like the the plot to frame Superman and make Superman have his own trust issues and yeah. also be distrusted by the people, it made so much more sense when you had that. I was like, okay, I bought more of that story. I yeah. bought Batman's storyline. I bought Superman's storyline. Whereas in the original one, I was just kind of like, oh, okay, this is this. You're just you're just ramping up for the fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're just ramping up for this fight, and the fight happens, and it's like, okay, cool, that was your fight. And there's the same go with, with Justice yeah. League. It's just kind of like, okay, you're just building up to this yeah. fight, and you didn't really care about anything in between. Yeah, hundred percent relationships and like the whole point of a lot of these extended scenes in Justice League were, 
you know, it, it's like like when Barry's like, hey, do we have a plan? Like, do we have a plan? Like, you saw the team grow. You saw yeah. them connect. Like, Diana connecting more with Cyborg. Aquaman connecting with everyone in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yes, I what thought the heck? he was a friggin' goon in Justice mm-hmm. League and, in 2017. <laughs> and I kind of thought he was a goon in his movie, his own solo movie. Very yeah. true. But in this one, I was like, okay, cool. This is... I mean, and I'm like, wow, did Jason Momoa, like, is he better now at acting? Like, no, this is four years ago. <laughs> he was better. It's just like, even his, like, he still had some, some like one-liners that were yeah. good. But overall, I was like, okay, like, like him, him and Diana, like being more superstitious and having that connection yeah. and having that connection of being Atlantean like, and then not connected to your people. Yeah. Exactly. But then also him then having those conversations with Barry and then him caring about that, Cyborg and what was happening. Yeah. Was that. Like, when Barry's, oh, I thought you didn't care. And he's like, I never said that. I'm like, oh, yeah. that's great. Yeah. No, no, you're, you're just an alcoholic. It just seems like you don't care. Like, <laughs> again, there's, you, there's whiskey bottles yeah, everywhere. Yeah. I mean, who's, who's in charge? Did like you Arthur. need four hours? No. Did you need an insanely toxic fan base bullying people on the internet? No. no. You still could have told a good story. Yeah. And that's that's the problem. That's why it's sometimes it's not that I don't want to say I enjoyed parts of it. It's just again, it was so soured by that. And then right after to see like the next day, all of a sudden all those people that in their Twitter bios or release the Snyder cut and they're just going after comic book writers and yeah. critics and all these people. Now they've all added release the Ayers cut and now they're all going after Suicide Squad. I'm like, I'm sorry, are you gonna bully yeah, the uh, entire fucking story the Snyder the entire freaking internet for another couple of years <laughs> till you get this? Like it it's Again, I, I, the artistic vision, I, I get I get where you're coming from with wanting to have your artistic vision. But at the same time, like, did you really need to bully mm-hmm. all these people on behalf of a millionaire? Did you yeah. have to bil- go after a billion dollar company for this millionaire and make all these other people hurt on your way to doing that? Yeah. Mm. Yes, a lot of his a lot of his fan base did a lot of good raising money for suicide prevention. What happened to Zack Snyder is awful. Yeah, like it wasn't like he got like dropped from the project, and no. we all just wanted you know revenge for WB screwing him. Like it, you wanted to see him get his day in the sun because exactly. a terrible thing happened to him and his family. Yeah. So because of that, again, it's just that's what made it so difficult when his fans would just be these just just. I sent a, fr- a clip when when Steppenwolf lands and he's like, <laughs> "It's toxic." That's good. I was like, "That's his fan base." You right said now. that to me. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, that's how it was. Yeah, I said that to you. And I'm like, this Zach, like, look at some of his fans. Like, it, it, you know, he's denounced some of them since, and even yeah. Warner Brothers has denounced some of them since. And it's like, yeah, but you could have denounced them earlier. But that's yeah. that's a whole other conversation. Where do you guys think? Um, and, and and I'm going to throw this question out there to you guys because, to be honest, myself and Spence, we may have an idea, but you guys, being the comic experts here at this table. Uh, pushing up the glasses. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Striking the pose. There we go. Steve. Snap my suspenders. Here we go. Um, there's conversations that, yes, they've stated that WB has canceled any further uh, sequels until they see the revenue coming for this. But at the same time, Zack Snyder says he's got a plan for a trilogy. Right. And knowing how those two disconnects, you know, work out, uh, where do you guys think they're going next? with this series like where do you think the next film is going to go or where do you think the end go end game is is it dark side or is it something bigger come on scott free <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point uh the the dc universe kind of being free-floating stories mm-hmm. kind of being their own else worlds and yeah. not all having to tie together in some aspects has been working for them. You know, like it, it's, it's, you're not, you didn't want to see Superman. You know, like Superman was referenced, but you weren't waiting for Henry Cavill to pop up in Shazam. You were like, all right, cool. This was a Shazam movie and it was fine. 
and I didn't need Aquaman in there. I didn't need Cyborg in there. Um, Whereas now with Marvel, you have people getting pissed off that a character that they thought was being referenced didn't pop up in WandaVision. Mephisto! Mephisto! You know, and it's, 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 this, this, yeah, this idea of like, of like ownership and being upset that your, your fan theories don't pan out. Like, sure. I, I, there are so many characters that I'm like, it could have been Cthon. It could have been Mephisto. This could be an alternate dimension Quicksilver. And when none of that came through, I was not like, I hate this. I hate that they didn't look at my Twitter feed. Like it was just your Twitter feed. Nobody else's. Like it, it, I was, I was okay with, that but Mar- but marvel and disney have basically they've they've taught us to expect crossovers yeah. they've, they've taught us to expect cameos and dc doesn't need to do that and i think they could carry on i mean we you know we're black adam facing off with shazam and the steve's the, the the rock he's gonna you know he's, he's gonna <laughs> supposed to pop up i need a black adam shirt <clears throat> well the, the, you it, do side note the rock just announced that they're going to be starting uh, uh filming for starting production in three yep. weeks for black adam so talking about the movie, uh, one of the other things I kind of also wanted to bring up, and it is a really odd choice of Zack Snyder doing it, um, is the choice to create a black and white version of this movie. Justice, Justice is, is great. great. It's literally called Justice. It's 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 called Snyder's Justice League colon. Justice is great. You forget Zack is that so it's Zack Snyder's Justice League colon. There's a lot. There's too many colons. Okay, whether or not you like black and white, that's too long of a name. And Justice is Gray is a terrible subtitle. Yeah, it's also a terrible idea for Justice, probably. (laughs) Just throwing that out there. We were watching watching little clips of it earlier. Because I'm not sitting through another four hours. No, no, no. no, I don't blame you. And, And the thing is, is that when you get to that last act, the movie becomes like, indiscernible like you can't tell who's right? fighting who yeah i'm like is that did wonder woman just get stabbed oh it's a parademon oh wh- wh- which one's aquaman <laughs> like i couldn't tell the difference and in my opinion i think you actually brought up a really great question in that what was the purpose of the black and white edition because i know he said like this is my ultimate dream for justice league and i'm like well why didn't you release that one instead of the one with color which it's amazing i have to even say with color on that if 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 you're going to have a disclaimer at the beginning of your movie that says <laughs> presented in 43 to preserve the artistic vision why wasn't it presented in 43 in black and white yeah exactly if, if, if that's the artistic vision like very confusing. i i don't i don't actually know I don't know where to go with that. Uh, well, and, Steve's is and, this your artistic vision? And I think vision? I think Steve's would probably be the probably the one of the better ones to a- answer this question artistic in terms glasses. of his his work in screenwriting and having an idea in terms of artistic touches and you know and and him fixing his shirt up. Look at the high fluting wave. Um, Steve's, what would be your opinion on the reason why? Snyder decided to release a black and white version. Uh, I, I'm I'm all for uh, creating artistic visions, and maybe this was the ultimate goal. But part of me thinks just him saying, "Warner Brothers, I own you right now for the next few weeks. <laughs> I'm going to do whatever I want." And you know what? Black and white. There we go. Why? Because I I have this brief window where I what I say goes because whatever happened before with my previous movies. And right now I have the green light to everything. And you guys gave me 70 million. I'm not taking any of it. So I'm just going to just do all well, I mean, this. I, I have no idea. That's what, what I think. I don't know. I get the justice is great thing kind of, cause they're not perfect beings, I guess. Um, I didn't need it. 
Mm-hmm. I don't need the black and white version. I was fine with the color. You sure? Because everybody needed that Mad Max version in black and you know white. What? And that's okay. what I no, that was shiny and chrome. <laughs> that was shiny and chrome. Yeah, that's I, I very don't, different. I like that you all jumped on me, and I've never seen <laughs> it just, still, very, so we can fight this all day. George Miller is a gosh darn genius, okay? I, I also haven't seen it, though, so I'll be honest. <laughs> but I have just, he, he's bored. Okay, honestly, what, what it is for me is it's like the... I, I, I've read I've read comics that you know certain panels or certain scenes or pages they, or they'll be in black and white Walking or maybe the flashback. Yeah, Walk, Walking Dead is in black. And again, I don't know what it takes to make a movie. I have never made a movie. I, I've I've barely done Ugh. anything. Ugh. Like I've I've done like you know like YouTube videos and like high school projects. I mean, nowadays you're a cinematographer. You're you're a filmmaker. If you're I don't doing even know on- what cinematography is. Can you put a little bit of butter? It was on a top really tall margarita. We yeah. have these conversations <laughs> on the episode all the time. Everyone's like, "Oh yeah, the, the cinematography." I'm like, "I don't know what you're saying. I don't know." Barry's got the pocketbook in the corner. Cinematography. <laughs> Which one is it? <laughs> filmmaker's terminology? Exactly. The rule book. <laughs> so I I don't know. I mean, to the to the point of seventy million. I don't know. I mean, like. On my phone, when I post a picture on Instagram, I can flip it to grayscale like that. Yeah, I assume you can do the same with a movie. Like, is it just like, oh, yep, effects, effects, uh, black and white. There we go. Okay, cool. That looks great. Post it again. Let's get another million streams. Let's see what happens. I, I get. I don't. So I don't know what it actually takes as far as like what that's it takes what, to create that's black what and white. Zach did just to troll Warner Brothers. No, no, I need seventy million. Yeah. Grayscale, grayscale. Hold on. <laughs> well, and then you'd think that with the way that he uses light, and to the point where you were saying Eddie that you couldn't really discern who was mm-hmm. fighting who. I think that was the iPhone app. Let, let's flip it to New yeah, York. There, there was no. There was yeah, the, the the attention to detail there was kind of gone because I think about like stuff like uh like Sin City being in black yeah. and white with the, with the red yeah. and the yellow mm. but like there was there was things that i imagine if they were in color would look super wonky because yeah. they added they made it more stylized so yeah. you could see it so i feel like with this like there's multiple scenes where i was watching like on my, if, whether it was on my ipad or my tv i was kind of like okay wait i don't have a brightness slider on my tv like i can't get it any up any higher and i was like in black and white i feel like there would just be scenes where i could not see anything yeah just, no like i'd see like a light and then all of a sudden, like Batman would come into view. I'm like, oh, hey, ho, ho. <laughs> and, and the unique thing about about doing something in black and white, you either have a a grayscale tone or you have distinguishable blacks and whites in the film Schindler's in terms list. of color palette. Schindler's List. A, uh, great example. Because the filmmaker, Steven Spielberg, intentionally created stark contrast mm-hmm. between the two colors. So it's very vivid and it's very apparent. Um, movies like, I don't know if you guys ever saw Escape from Tomorrowland. Yes. <laughs> that, that was done in black and white. And it's extremely stark. There's extreme stark contrast where you see the black and the white. And it's there for reason, for artistic touch. And you can tell where it's trying to make the differences. I think, honestly, this was just an effort from Zack Snyder to create something that looks artistic, yet uh, from a, a cinephile perspective, it only just, like... Doc said it only creates a grayscale look of the film. Right. Mm -hmm. Because like I was saying, at that tail end, we'll call it the 12th act or whatever for this four-hour movie. Uh, At the tail (laughs) end of this movie, the battle sequences become so busy and, and, you know, everything is happening so uh, consistently. And at the same time, you're seeing parademons and you're seeing rubble and you're seeing superhero and you can't distinguish the three. Right. You know, either something something's fallen and you have to wait until it makes a noise to be like, 
oh, it's a parademon. Right. It's it's not Wonder Woman. That's a parademon. Well, it, it makes me think about when I watched the the uh, the making of WandaVision documentary that they mm-hmm. did that came out mm-hmm. after, and the way they basically used a lot of like like cinema tricks from the black and white era to to make it look good. And one of the things is like the types of makeup they had to put on yeah. like on people so that it you so it actually showed up. Like it had to be this color because in black and white it popped a lot. Yeah, and I kind of thought about that. I'm like, okay, he didn't do those things in this movie. Like he no. did, he didn't have like Ben Affleck and and Gal Gadot and everyone having like this certain shade of makeup to make it more apparent. So it's not going to have that effect that pop. There is no. In, I, th- I think the bottom line is there was no intention for it to be produced or, or or shown in black and white. It was just maybe in the framework of it being uh, okay. This is just an artistic opportunity. I don't know. What do you think, of Steve's? Uh. I'm going to give it a shot and eventually uh, watch the Justice is Grey. Uh, but I, from watching the color version, I don't see any of the, um, any of those contrasts that he's talking about. At least not at first. Um, but you know, again, I just think he owned Warner Brothers for the moment and decided to put something out. <laughs> there you go. Um, so jumping into the, the final conversation of this film, obviously there are several different areas where it really just has, it, it doesn't necessarily land. <laughs> and, and, and mind yes. you, uh, we have, we are willing to give this a fair shake. We're willing to look at this in all aspects, in all you know directions. But to be honest, this movie still does fall a little short. So I kind of want to go around the table and I want to see uh, what it is that you guys feel um, are some of the disappointments of the film. And I kind of want to start at, at uh, this end. I want to start with Doc, uh, and I want to go around the table. Uh, Doc, what would you say is some of your disappointments of this movie rounding this out? Uh, I think a couple things. Um, one, and, and again, this may have been because Zack Snyder felt like this was going to be his last hurrah. This was going to be his only way to get this out here. Um, but the way it it did feel again, whether it was too long or whether you like the changes, it felt much more cohesive. And then about the three and a half hour mark, it was like, all right, here we go. Story elements, random story elements. We're just going to go ahead and put them in here. And yeah. I, I feel like the, the epilogue was, was disappointing just because it yeah. felt very out of, I know it's supposed to be a nightmare, but it felt very out of step with the rest of the movie. Um, kind of felt unnecessary. The, the expansion on the, I mean, I don't know. I almost didn't think Zack Snyder would have been proud of the Lex Luthor deathstroke on the yeah. boat scene. Cause yeah, it was very of, true. Yeah. I was like, I was like almost like, Hey, I get another chance of this. Maybe I should cut that out. Cause that wasn't, <laughs> but apparently that was going to be his Batman movie. But yeah. So I, I feel like the, the disappointments were, it, it didn't need to be as long and, and not, and that's not just me being like, Oh, cause we were had this conversation four hours so much. It didn't need to have that like you didn't need to put everything that you had on your computer into this just because you didn't yeah. do the first go around you could have pared it down you could have pulled out five percent if you'd cut out five percent of the slow motion i would have been a much happier person because it was what ten percent of the movie was was slow motion it's like that stuff with the flash get why it is but it there was stuff that still could have been cut and i felt like he was just getting it in there because maybe he felt like he was never going to get a chance again. Yeah. So it just, it didn't need those. It didn't need the epilogue. It didn't need the post credit that was also in the epilogue. You could have ended with everyone standing heroic and I would have been a happy boy. Yeah. What about you, Amy? So I agree with the, um, and I always make this reference because not very many people will get it, but the pushing Daisy season two finale reminded me of this. 
You're you, the only one I know who brings this up. And I'm always like, so <laughs> enraging because it literally was a cram fest and not in the good way of Steve's. Don't make that face. Um, <laughs> that face. Um, so yeah, it, I, I totally agree. Everything was just like ham fisted segues everywhere. Wow. So many hams and so many fists. By the way, Spencer, that's segue. She's trying to say segue. No, it's segue. Segue. I, I had to learn. I had Th- to learn. This is, this is how she learned how to say segue. Yeah, we're, right, we're, Steve? We're the re- if, you, if at any point you think, oh man, our intern has some grammar <laughs> yeah. issues, it's us. <laughs> we did that to her. Exactly. The original we, Romanian pronunciation is svin. Oh, there it is. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> So I 100% agree with Doc on just the unnecessary jamming of various storyline plots and characters into that last non-necessary nugget of space. Um, The other thing, and if I haven't brought it up already, I'm going to bring it up again. Some of those song choices (laughs) just like I know I know that it has been previously brought up by the ah, from <laughs> Amazonian <laughs> Lamentations. Yes. Yep. Yes. I thought, but I the thought slow Gladiator walking, when I first heard it. You thought Gladiator? <laughs> you were like... Uh, <laughs> you know what, yeah, I thought... Uh, the Elysium. Yeah, I thought that. <laughs> like, welcome so, to Elysium. Yeah. <laughs> it really... it And the, the slow walking in the rain, I sang it earlier. If you... Yeah. You can rewind and listen to me sing it again. Um, that slow walking in the rain music was so... So disjointing. Yeah. And um there's there's things. <laughs> yep, yep. There's things, but this margarita man, it slaps. <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> that's Looking why, through my no, notes. Did Zach see something about margaritas in this movie? <laughs> yes. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Jimmy Buffett. Is he in this? <laughs> <laughs> he was in Jurassic World, so he might be. <laughs> that's right. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah, this is there's uh, as Spencer dreads for his turn, he takes a sip. <laughs> Spence, what about you? I'm going to take my headphones off. <laughs> um, for me, let's talk about some of the points that I had in this movie. Why is it that the Kryptonian computer is the smartest character in the spaceship scene when they're trying to resurrect don't do that. Clark? Don't do, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I do that. Do like, that constantly, like, this is a bad idea. You guys, you guys shouldn't do that. No, I saw really, you should. I saw a tweet along those lines saying, "When Siri tells me I shouldn't do something, I don't do it." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, like, I don't know, man. Like, re- like repeated warnings from like an alien computer that's probably knows what it's talking about, and, and the opinion. fact that they still didn't protect the box that they knew Steppenwolf was after, mm-hmm. like. Like I was just frustrated. I was frustrated the first in the first movie when that whole thing happened, and I was even more frustrated this time, especially when they had warning from like Space Siri about like what the hell was going on. With exactly, in a terrestrial maintenance light on in the car. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about you, Steve's? Uh, so the first hour of slow motion, I w- I would have cut out. <laughs> like the slow motion that I thought was appropriate was Flash was even some of the action scenes toward the end, like the finale, where the Batmobile is in action. Because, I mean, the, but that yeah. that action scene was... And the Amazons holding up the wall. Yes, that too. Yes. There were some yeah. really yeah. badass moments that called for Beth slow Beth Phoenix with the wall. Yes, Beth <laughs> Phoenix with the wall. Yeah. Um, but a lot in the first hour weren't needed. Um, there was a way to speed up the Superman yelling, and I get why he did it, because Superman dying may awoke the mother boxes. But there was a 
faster way you could have told that without the long drawn out wave that went through space. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, I didn't like how Martian Manhunter was low. was Martha during the Martha mm, and Lois yeah. scene, yeah, that was- because that is a beautiful scene between Lois and Martha connecting. Yeah. And then you ruin it by making Martian Manhunter be Martha. I would have had Martian Manhunter cameo a different way. Yeah. Um, with the epilogue, I did, I would have kept the whole thing where uh, Cyborg's listening to his dad's tape. Cause I really like the message of the, the twice your father, that whole thing and the way it breaks down that ending. Cause that kind of has a yeah. deeper meaning with Zach and his daughter. And that's why he kept that in there. I'd have kept that part dropped Luther dropped the nightmare scene. And I would have kept Bruce being visited, but I would have kept the original idea and he couldn't keep it because of Warner brothers. Cause now we have found out that it was supposed to be green lantern, John Stewart, green lantern that appears at the end to Bruce mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. pick the pick that he had in mind was the guy I have Not wanted Raymond. to play Green Lantern John Stewart since I first saw him in Moonlight. Travante Rhodes was Zack Snyder's mm, pick. And that man yeah. is a perfect John Stewart. And that yeah. would have been a fantastic moment to have him introduced as Green Lantern John Stewart. But WB said no because they're making Green Lantern core. So we got Martian Manhunter there. So that was a letdown for me when I found out that news. So I would have cut out the nightmare Wait. but kept – the, the father's epilogue and that moment. Wait, the, the you, you reminded me with the with the voice radiating out and that awoke the mother box because basically it's like Earth is now no longer defended by a Kryptonian. Yeah. Why didn't the mother boxes wake up like before Superman arrived? Yep. Like, there were yeah, so I many other just, chances. I was just I thinking. just thought I never, I never thought about that. I was like, wait, he, apparently you know crash when lands you like push like snooze on your alarm, but then you don't wake up. <laughs> that's what like, that, that was them. That. Yeah. yeah. The mother <laughs> box is just like, we'll, we'll get up in like the fifties. It'll be great. Like, Cause apparently this, 2020, this battle happened near the beginning of time for this planet. Right. And then you've waited all this time. And up until like 1977, hey, we had no one said anything. Dig things out of holes. The yeah. men needed to put this box in a hole. For them, they are, are, are the one box needed to breathe. For them, yeah, thousands of years is the five minute snooze. And they're like, yeah, we're fine. There we'll be go. fine. There then Kalil arrived. Ah, shit. And also, how, how did, <laughs> did Darkseid not remember that Earth was where the boxes were and the anti life equation was there? Beaten. And everyone's that's, like, everyone's like, it's okay, Papa. That's what, a, he's that's a what man, Snyder he's a said. And I'm like, that mm. hit. And he's like, what planet? I forgot. Exactly. <laughs> there you go. Too many margaritas anti-life after this life fight. equation? What? <laughs> I'm looking for something for an entire lifetime and I'm going to razz the entire like universe for it? Exactly. But I still want no. Travante Rhodes to rock the Green Lantern, John Stewart. That man is an amazing actor and he deserves to yeah. be John Stewart. Yeah, very true. Um, Coming around to me, some of the biggest disappointments I have, obviously the biggest one is the, the run the time. time. <laughs> I mean, like we've stated already in why. excess- what? Don't you like movies? Is there a theme? Is this just a movie podcast? Not when it's half a work shift. Like, if, like I said, if I have to, if I like Spencer so eloquently put it last time, uh, if I have to plan my whole day around seeing this one film, then I got, I got to really double check to see what exactly I'm ingesting visually in terms of you know. And then movies. you're watching Fanny and Alexander or whatever it is that five hour Russian piece about family. Yeah, but that's a different story. I mean, literally, it is. It's not a comic book. Call out. Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> Oops, I forgot. <laughs> other than the runtime, <laughs> um, a couple other things. Like I said, I, I would have liked to have seen a much more. I don't know. I, I didn't need to see 
uh, uh, Barry so kind of outlandish. I wanted to see a more structured, a more fulfilling Barry. Uh, I thought he the was Flash more fulfilled than this last time. I mean, there was hot dog jokes. I mean, the hot dog joke though. I mean, th- that scene alone kind of was like, eh, okay, like you're going to replace him running into a pair of boobs and replace it with a wiener joke. That's that's basically. I mean, exactly, yeah. exactly. Well, but <laughs> exactly. the options are like, oh, oh my gosh, girl, I'm touching her versus like, ah, hot dogs and puppies. Okay, hold on, wait. Hmm. I want to make sure it might. It's not my dirty mind. Was it, was it the joke that we all thought the hot dog was going to yeah. play a different yep. role than it did yeah. in the movie? Oh, yeah. oh okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, I, um, I really liked that scene I mean, seeing the as connection <laughs> between the two, not because the hot dog. But. I mean, he runs at the, you know, in, through the speed force, so I'm just saying anything can happen. Um, but <laughs> the fact that this movie uh, did a decent job of recre- reestablishing the main focus of the film, which is with Cyborg, him being the heart of the film. Yes. I appreciate that. What I kind of wished about this movie more than anything was a little bit more of the cohesiveness of number one, making it a more consumable runtime. The, the music was really all over the place. I, I am still terrified of that woman sniffing Aquaman's sweater and singing her, her ocean lament. Which turns yes. out it's some old poem that actually has existed for decades. That song, Ooh. the song, shut up. I'm just saying, I'm just saying. Wait, 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 no wait, 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 you. There did, it, is a, did it involve sniffing men's fishy clothing then, too? Exactly. Thousands of years of sniffing sweaty, smelly sweaters? Actually. Sweat. No. <laughs> but, oh, <laughs> but I think my biggest, my biggest gripe is the fact that that epilogue, that last half, the nightmare and so forth, just wasn't really necessary altogether. Even, even the, the visiting of Martian Manhunter... I feel like was just tacked on for added gravitas, if you will, uh, because that nightmare scene, it's not going to really lead anywhere. I mean, I really feel like if they are going to pick this mantle up and take it forward and move forward, if, and that's a big if, Zack Snyder is still attached to it, I don't think they're going to jump immediately or anywhere, touch anywhere on the subject of that apocalypse. But nightmare. Well, yeah, and, and the thing on is, top, I want- along with that, what Zack has revealed about what he had planned for two and three it doesn't seem like that nightmare ever comes to fruition. Like they stop it from happening. So this would just be yeah. a continuous nightmare that plagues Bruce Wayne. That never yeah. happens in the end. What was supposed to happen? I guess Bruce sacrifices himself and Superman and Lois's son becomes the new Batman. That's the idea he had. So dark side's reign never occurs as far as we know. Like, yeah. Okay. But like, why is Bruce psychic in these movies? Like uh, dark Knight's metal. Bruce, Bruce Wayne, <laughs> bro. Yeah, we're not doing Dark, Dark Knight's Metal. metal. No, Dark Knight's Metal, no, right? Yeah, that's, well, that, was, that would be the only thing, but so, that's so such a long draw. But you're, yes. ju- you're jumping like a, decades, a couple of decades de- of storyline moving well, forward Sun, into this. Red Sun, well. <laughs> I, I honestly, it, it made me think of, again, like it made me think of like, like I, know, I always have to bring it back to, to Marvel because they're the gold standard. That's yep. true. With like Avengers, like Tony Stark, like that's it. Basically, mm-hmm. it's very similar. Like he sees this future and he tries to prevent it, and he screws up and yeah. kind of doesn't you, prevent you it. You can't give it all to the powered people. The human has to kind of be the balance. So like Tony Stark yeah, is the one who yeah. sees what's coming. Bruce Wayne sees what's coming. Bruce Wayne. But the difference is, Tony Stark sees that because Wanda screws with his head. Exactly. Yeah. And then that creates more. There's Bruce, there's Bruce precedence is, to the 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 vision itself. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's not just like I don't know like. Right. Yellow. Right. 
yeah. I'm seeing visions. Army. Bruce just Bruce just has this this freaky you know nightmare of a bat thing coming out of his grandmother or his mother's grave, which made no sense. Yep. Man um, thing or man bat? No, it was it was, it was a man bat. One hundred percent a man bat. Uh, and then <laughs> great cameo. Uh, and, and so he's, he's like having these like normal nightmares. And then all of a sudden it's like, now he's seeing nightmares that involve that. Like, is, is someone communicating with him? Like, is this a, a an old God somehow reaching out to Bruce yeah. Wayne? This is all way too much of a stretch. And we're giving yeah. Zack Snyder way too much credit. <laughs> yeah. I don't think he's not that far. Yeah. Cause a lot of this is like you said, a lot of this is taking into account. Oh, well the viewers will just take it as it's, they'll right. take it by faith that this is exactly what is supposed to happen. When, in fact, you're right. Marvel has created that standard, if you will, of creating a precedence for a situation that is to come. I right. mean, logic? <laughs> if you want to yes. give it a name, I mean, like, yes. Damn. Shenanigans. I'm calling it shenanigans. <laughs> but the fact that that is in there, and now it will always be a part of this film, that is always going to be an expectation of where they're going to aspire to be. But honestly, probably not visit within probably right. the next five, six years. If, if they if they sign on with Zack Snyder. Exactly. They, if. if they restore the Snyderverse, that it, it, make, it makes me think about like, like comic book editors. Like it, it's their job to say, OK, cool. You got a six issue arc, Eddie. You're going to write this arc for me. At the end of that arc, I need Spider-Man to be here. Yeah. You, could, you could do whatever you yeah. want in between, but at the end of that arc, I need Spider-Man to be here. And you're like, OK, cool. I'm going to tell a fun story and then he'll wind up where you wanted him. Yeah, exactly. Zach has basically kind of created the bookends. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And now it's like, okay, Warner brothers, if you're going to restore the Snyder verse, which is what these fans want, you are now guaranteeing that these need to happen. Like, again, we might hop around in between things might happen, Mm -hmm. but you have told us that dark side's coming. You have told us that this nightmare might happen or may, may not happen. You've told us all these other things about Lois and Superman. And cause he's, he's dropped all of his, like, this is what was going to happen. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, if they sign you on, do it you have to do it <laughs> yeah exactly you have good to. or bad you have to do it yeah. the and, internet and, knows and the fact that we have so many things still in between we have uh the hbo series with the green lantern Corps. we have the batman right uh with uh matt reeves twilight man yeah, twilight man twilight. Yeah. he's in there yeah uh, <laughs> he's for it uh and then not to mention boy. uh whatever else is in between in terms of whatever's going on with we got Suicide Squad coming out. Aquaman 2. Aquaman 2. Shazam 2. Mention the guy. Shazam. Mention him. Black Adam. There he is. <laughs> <laughs> With everything coming out down the pipeline. Oh, Flashpoint or yep. oh, yeah, Flash, yeah. whatever it is. Flash um, question mark, Flash question mark, question, question mark. Um, <laughs> there's so much already at stake in terms of establishing and carrying on this that there has to be a follow-up. Right. Without a doubt. If they try to do a Justice League sequel and not follow up on everything that Zack Snyder has done, it's pretty much setting themselves up to fail. Right. Like, bottom line. So, it's a tall order, and unfortunately, I don't think it was necessary to put in the film. Um, However, if Zack Snyder does come back on to do the rest of it, uh, let's hope he keeps that consistency moving forward. The internet will remind you. It's like Baskin-Robbins. And and I don't don't think he necessarily has to direct everything bring it out. He could just be the producer... And get people he thinks can tell the tale, like John Favreau producing the Avengers and Iron Man movies, where he didn't do the third one, and James yeah. Gunn being a producer for the Avengers movies. Like, have them produce while they get someone else to take over the reins, like the Russos did. Yeah. Before we wrap this up, I do have one more question that just came to mind, and this is something I want to throw into Doc's lap in terms oh, of oh. getting his ideas and thoughts. Another margarita. He needs another margarita. If you oh God! That. Yeah. Yep. Yep. He, he got it. Another margarita. <laughs> um. Do you Warm think? Brothers. 
there is any hope of the fandom for this particular, I guess, film itself, but just in general, the DCEU fandom, do you think there's any possibility of them creating a much more cohesive and, I don't know, healthier fandom? A positive? Yeah. So I, I saw this the other day. I just saw the other day that um, it's... Take take it for what you will, because again, there's always positives and negatives. But um, uh, allegedly, Snyder Snyder fans, restore the Snyder Cut fans, um, have been review bombing uh, Godzilla oh, versus Kong. I forgot. About How that. dare they? Because no, legitimately, I know they are. Really well, but, Why did they pick that movie? Because so it's, it's because it's the next Warner Brother Brothers property oh coming out. That's that's literally it. It is it is literally Warner Brothers has another movie coming out. We and it's 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 a, it's they're holding a gun to Warner Brothers' head and saying, "Hey, we're going to make sure all your movies tank in their IMDb ratings." <laughs> <laughs> you know, the most important ratings yeah, where well. everything is like seven point five. Yeah, I was, I was reading like I was like they're review bombing it, and then I'm like uh, on IMDb, I'm like, uh, who goes to IMDb for like <laughs> movie people? But that's yeah. yeah, there there are people in the in the industry who I guess use IMDb, and so so they're. They're already a section of, of that of that fandom who is attacking another property, basically saying, hey, until you restore the Snyderverse, we're going to I mean, here's the thing. The way those fans work, like those fans are going to go after Mortal Kombat. Like, I do not think so. They better but, leave Mortal Kombat. Deep blank what alone. if they do? <laughs> what if they re- try to review bomb Mortal Kombat? Oh. Because it's the next Warner Brother property to come out after that. Get over here. So I, I, I feel like because I, I remember when um, what was it like? Uh, like the weeks after. Warner Brothers and HBO announced that yeah. they were going to do the Snyder Cut. Oh yeah, there were all of a sudden it was a still there were a lot because a lot of people were really happy. A lot of the Snyder Cut people were happy. There were even a small section of the fans who said, "No, I don't want to see this one that you guys are going to release. I want the one that Zach has on his computer." Because Zach said, "Cool, I'm going to go finish it. I'm going to take I'm going to take this money. I'm going to go finish it. I'm going to add the CGI that I wanted. Add five minutes of reshoots." And they're like, "No, no, 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 no." I want the pure one that's on his computer. I'm like, you want like something that has like right. stick figures <laughs> instead All of CGI figures. and like maybe like drawn panels. Like exactly, that's, exactly. There, there, there are people who are never going to be happy, and obviously they're they're a minority of the population. Um, a lot of them were very happy, but now they feel like now they have a new crusade. Restore yeah. the Snyder verse. Restore the Ayers cut of Suicide Squad. <laughs> like they feel like they have just give me James Gunn. Holy, we're fine. Yeah, James Gunn is going to be great. They have this like holy crusade, yeah. a lot of them. Now, my hope is that um, in any radical movement, the the once you like take away a lot of like the the platform and a lot of their fire, like the the people on the outliers will kind of fizzle out. Yeah. My hope is that the people who were positive in this campaign, who were raising money for suicide prevention, who just wanted to see this happen. They were not negative. They weren't going after critics. They weren't going after people. They exist. Tom from Nerd On is one of those people. Mm-hmm. He was yeah. part of this campaign to see mm-hmm. this artistic vision through, not through a mean, not through a hate campaign. It was just positive stuff. My hope is that those people are happy with it and can now cool, kind of let go. Yeah. My exactly. hope is that enough of them are like, sweet, we got it. We got we got what we wanted. Let's let's be positive. Now, that being said, I've already seen some of those people who are like, cool. Let's keep it going. We did so yeah, good. Exactly. Let's do some more. It's like, okay, I think the problem is they're probably never going to be happy until they get three Justice Leagues out of Zack Snyder. Oh, but no doubt. No doubt. What I've always thought that the DCEU should do is the one page they should take out of Marvel's book. 
Iron Man before that movie was not an A-level Marvel hero when it came to the comics or the movies. It was always Spider-Man and the X-Men. That's kind of what everyone always wanted. And so Iron Man comes out of nowhere with Robert Downey Jr. And now suddenly Iron Man is one of the most important characters in the Marvel Universe because of that movie. They should be looking at characters that they have not been making content with. We have Flash TV. We have Supergirl. We have Superman and Batman. It's time to go into like the Booster Gold stories. The Blue yeah. Beetle yeah. stories. I knew he was. I was going to say. He's like the one yeah. he's already written a script for. <laughs> um, because you have these characters that no one knows about that you can give the Guardians treatment or the Ant-Man treatment and capture them that way with these new characters they don't know about. And then bring in Batman and Superman, how they're connected to Batman and Superman and all that, and go from there. And I think you build a stronger foundation because you're introducing the mainstream to characters they didn't know and they might really like. There's a a lot of vertigo properties that would just be come on yeah. sandman come Do- on Do- doom come patrol on yeah doom patrol did so well sandman, sandman. looks like it's going to be fantastic yeah. the swamp thing series got shafted mm-hmm. because Super it was shafted. it was really good and i'm not a horror guy we could i just love league swamp thing too. justice league dark like there there are yeah. so many you have a hundred years mm-hmm. of source material to yeah. pull from a hundred years of characters that are all out there and again just back to steve's point James Gunn made all these people care about Guardians of the Galaxy. And all of a sudden, oh, it just opened the floodgates. Well, even if we talk about it in the way that um, at the time of this recording, we've actually gotten the red band trailer for James Gunn's Suicide Squad. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And we're bringing up people that I was like. Hand. like and. <laughs> not just King Shark, and. which everyone will be like, uh like, voiced by the illustrious uh, Sylvester, Sylvester Stallone. And I saw Rocky, so I actually get all of the jokes <laughs> now, guys. Almost all I'm working on it. Um, but like that polka dot man was in it. Right. And that who Savant is, showed up. We're gonna die. Who is I hope so <laughs> I was like, thank you. But who Savant was? is a big part. Yes, Sorry, go ahead. Creepy guy from Dark Knight, and he was Baba Yaya in Ant Man. In Ant Man, yep, yep, <laughs> yep. Oh, polka duck. <laughs> um, but so with Savant, who is a character that I know of because of Birds of Prey, because of his mm-hmm. interaction mm-hmm. with Barbara Gordon, aka at this junction in her her life, she was Oracle. Oracle. I'm like, <gasps> we have options, guys. Oh, we have options. You just reminded me. Give me Journey Smollett back as Black Canary. She is fantastic. Yes. Yeah, bring her back. And I, 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 Matt Ryan is Constantine. If you don't mind me saying that, yeah, well, of course. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think, I think my my hope is that it was a positive enough reaction from fans, and that DC and Warner Brothers do see potential again. Not yeah. the, not that you have to do the whole Snyderverse unless you want to, but potential for different stories for different emotions. That I would not mind seeing more of that, and hopefully that could kind of. Calm the fan base down and bring them together. Is yeah. it going to happen? I don't know, man. It's mm-hmm. been bad. It's been a yeah. lot of back and forth, and I don't see it slowing down anytime yeah, right. soon. Do you think there's going to be a fandom for director cuts yeah. more recently uh, rather than prior to because of this? Or do you think this is just kind of going to be the one-off with the Snyder cut and then fans will kind of ruminate, like you said, in the DC EU aspect of trying to see other things, or do you think we're going to begin to see a huge call out for director's cuts of everything? Because Zack Snyder did give a, uh, give an interview and he had stated, cause they asked him, are there any other films you have that you have different cuts of on your, you know, uh, of on your desktop or on your computer? 
He goes, yeah, I actually have several. He goes, one that I, I feel like is completely different than the original film that went out was Sucker Punch, which if any of you guys oh. saw Sucker Punch, that was a horrible movie. Yeah. But if yes. there's a there's a director's cut about it, I'm pretty sure I'm not the only person who believes in that, how bad it is. And I feel like there's going to be a small little gathering, you know, a little snowball kind of gathering steam to call that out to see it come to fruition. Now, do you guys think there's going to be a whole fandom and just calling out director's cuts? Or what do you think, Amy? Um, so I always like to think back to the, if you give a mouse a cookie story. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and everybody's like, hey, <laughs> cookies and mice. Um, in giving way for this, it takes away the Blade, Blade Runner. Perfect example of yeah. Blade Runner. How many versions did we get, Steve's? Three. Yes, three. <laughs> He's like, wait, check, yes. But there was also somebody did it with Army of Darkness where the fans put together a cut, a bigger cut that had a whole bunch of things. So it was more of an underground quiet kind of movement where it was one off. Now you've given the very hangry mice cookies yeah. and now they have keyboards and ample time to sit and yell aimlessly into the void. Exactly like that. That is a gift. We need to make that a gift so badly. There's aggressive typing. It's so amazing. Um, so I think, sadly, that this is going to start getting into a lot of good-hearted fandoms where the the toxicity level will be increasing slowly but surely, much like the acidity of our rising seas. Spencer? Uh, the flip side of that, though, is that the studios also have incentive to make director's cuts because everyone's on their own streaming service now. Right, right. Yeah. Why are you coming to this? Oh, well, we've got the director's cut of Sucker Punch, said no one. Um, <laughs> said no one. <laughs> but, like, that could be, like, what they start doing. It's like, oh, like, let's just put in extra content so we have, like, for our streaming service because everyone's trying to consolidate down and, like, have their cut. So yeah. I think, like, we're going to see, like, probably more of this just on the fact that people they need more stuff on their streaming service. Right. And, Very true. And I think Sucker Punch is the only Zack Snyder movie I haven't seen, so I guess I'll just leave that off. Is um, with the cheerleaders? Yeah. I, uh, no, they're not cheerleaders. The, they're dancers. No. <laughs> There's a difference. Baby doll. Baby doll. They're the dance drill team. Dance drill team. Sky Captain of the World of Tomorrow. Sky Captain of the World of Tomorrow. Sky Captain of the World of Tomorrow. The thing they have to also know is that not every director's cut is better than the original film. Very true. <laughs> I um, I actually enjoyed Rob Zombie's Halloween, the first one in 2007. And people who knew me thought, oh, he'd want the director's cut. And I got the director's cut. And it's not good because he incorporated scenes that I felt were too much or took away from the Michael character. So I'm like, I will always go to the rated R version of Halloween 2007 over yeah. director's cut. So don't always think a director's cut is going to be better than the original. Zach's case, sure. Not in all movies. Very true. Well, I I, I think about the, um, what, oh uh, God, who directed Dune? So you guys are film guys who directed Dune? Dune. Wasn't that Dune. the original one or the new one? The original. Oh, the original. Uh, Michael, the Michael Bay. Michael Bay. <laughs> Michael Bay. God, J.J. No. Abrams. <laughs> <laughs> Eventually we'll get Ava there. Duvernay. But but my, my point my point oh. there is that I I've I've heard the stories of of how um basically in the, the original Dune David Lynch. Thank you. David Thank Lynch. You. That's right. He he had he had like a four hour cut or something. Yep. And basically they told him they wanted him to hack it down and he flat out refused. 
and he then left. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then they chopped it up and released the Dune that we got, love it or hate it. Which is one of the most kind of dis disjointed versions of the right. Dune story. Right. And then and then you never got Jodorowsky's, but that's a whole nope. other a whole other conversation. Um but you'll be back for the Dune episode. Oh, I love Dune. Um, Dune is yeah. <laughs> um but I, I think it's one of those things where it's um there are now now like no one knew that. No one knew that David Lynch yeah. left and they they came out with that because social media wasn't a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Now Zack Snyder by, you know, doing his little Hey, here's Dark Side. Like him just being like on his own little social media app, being like, "Here's a picture of what the Green Lantern would look like." Everyone's like, "Oh my god!" What was it called? Vive or yeah, yeah, the, the, whatever that third party Vivo or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why, but <laughs> who knows? But because social media is a thing now, now you have yeah. guys like David Ayer being like, "Yeah, I had a cut of Suicide Squad that was completely different," and so. You have those fans creating their own cuts. You have the fans demanding the original versions, the theatrical versions of Star Wars. Like there's, there was always those. There was always those people that are like, I remember the original Han shot first. You know, like I yes, have it. I, I have it on, on VHS. I have it on VHS as well. <laughs> um, but there's like this demand for for. There's always been demand for director's cuts for for, yeah. for this original idea and for both sides of of that spectrum, if you will, from DC to Marvel. I mean, if we're looking at one of the biggest outcries for a director's cut. That's uh, 2015's Josh Trank's Fantastic Four. Right. You know, oh, he, yeah. he he intentionally came out as soon as the film went to premiere, like the day before, whatever, says, yeah, this isn't the version I wanted. Right. This is what they told me to create. This is what they cut up in studios. So just so you know, this isn't my Fantastic right. Four. Right. So it's, I think with, with the idea is now with social media campaigns, mm-hmm. now you do have these directors who can say, hey, this is not what I wanted. or yeah. And so maybe maybe just the threat of that is enough for studios to be like, okay, yeah. Maybe they play play a little nicer and you don't need to have a, a fight for a director's cut. Yeah. Because I can't lie, this was messy. This was, I don't think this is what anyone wanted to get the Snyder cut ha- to happen. Like there yeah. was a lot of really negative things thrown around and it would have been so much nicer to just been like, hey, by the way, this is the way I actually wanted it. Or, hey, yeah. this was, this is my three hour version. I cut a little bit because Warner Brothers wanted me to, but it still yeah. happened. Um, so I, I feel like people will be emboldened. Uh, to demand director's cuts more. And I think with, with stuff like uh, social media driving that, uh, I think all it's going to take is a director to come out after the fact and say, yeah. you know what? That wasn't actually my movie. And all of a sudden yeah. people are going to be like, release the Spielberg cut. You exactly. Know? I like, 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 come on. No, no, no. no we're never going to cut that guy's movie up. Come on. Adventures of Tintin. The, the true Spielberg. The, yes, oh I went gosh. there. Yes, I went there. Let's let's talk. The, the true Spielberg cut of Poltergeist. <laughs> oh, the true one. <laughs> oh, look at his eyes. Ah, look at that. <laughs> Did you just pee in excitement I a little bit over it. there? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So wrapping this episode up, I know this has been a long show and it's been a great run and a great conversation. Four hours. So, look at that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's a four-hour episode. Um, let's go around the table. We're going to go ahead and how we do it on the show is we usually pass or fail the film. If the film does really achieve what it sets out to do in terms of being a film and having a cohesive story and we rate it out of one to five, we do monocles. I'm pretty sure you guys want to do capes or whatever, however you want to go. So I want to go ahead and throw the ball into Doc's court and have him go ahead and start this off. Have you guys ever had a movie fail? Is there, is there Oh, several times. Okay, cool. Which one? I don't watch enough movies, I guess. Which one? Hmm? Yeah. No, I was like, uh, what's recently? Actually, uh, Coming to America, I believe. We coming to America, I didn't too. watch it yet. 
Yeah. Well, it we'll, have right after, we'll have that talk afterwards. Terrible. I have thoughts, and I wasn't on that episode. Okay, so in that, in that case, uh, so yes, this movie, as as a film with a beginning, middle, and end, and the cohesive story, it, it definitely passes. Okay. Um, as far as the capes, uh, three out of five liked it a lot more than I did, but did I like it because it wasn't Joss Whedon's? That might that might that be might why, be that might be why I liked it so much, um, especially now. It's it's it, it's one thing to be a better movie than what than what Joss Whedon put out. It's another thing to be a better movie and to find out that Joss Whedon was a piece of crap. Oh yeah, like 100%. if Joss Whedon was still like uh, if everyone still liked him, I don't know. This might have been even any very different conversation. Yeah, I'd be like, oh, but Joss tried, but no. <laughs> um, so three three out of five because again, I liked it more than I thought I would. There's a much more cohesive story. There's more heart. All the things we covered, I definitely liked it more. But again, did I like it more just because it wasn't Joss? That's, you know, yeah, probably. I mean, what about you, Amy? Um, so this film passes for me because um, trash fires, even in small doses, can be better. Um, <laughs> they still start and they burn in the end. They start, they burn <sighs> in the end. Trash fire um, still gives heat, but it'll give you cancer. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so um, out of capes, and monocles. I will do this in both versions just in case because I'm interning on it on the side. Um, <laughs> this will be three cracked monocles. If you had an opportunity to listen to that episode, you'll understand why they're cracked. And there will be three slightly tattered and torn capes. Oh, well. Um, because so she gives it a six out of five. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> she loved it. I, I loved it so much. I'm getting it tattooed on my arms. No, just store inside of her. You can't see my hashtag, my newly minted tattoo. I recut no, tomorrow. Um, I recut. She's working on tomorrow. Yeah. Thank you. you Thank you. Um, but so there were a lot of elements I really liked and appreciated about this. Um, but really at the end of the day, when it comes down to it, this was a whopper that nobody deserved to sit that long for. I mean, unless you powdered your cheeks, they're probably stuck to a seat at this point. And, and yes, I, do, do you often get your cheeks stuck to your couch? Cause that's where there's leather couches, man. I don't, I don't like that's four hours. Intermission was needed. Um, uh, but yeah, so tattered, torn, and slightly broken monocles. This is a three from me, Spencer. Spencer. Well, um, <laughs> get it. To quote Wanda Maximoff, when I came into this movie, I just didn't know what to expect. And what I got was not what I was expecting. Th- this movie was all over the place, and I, just, I still don't know fully why we are here. <laughs> So, this movie does pass, because it is a movie, and I'll reiterate, some movies don't do that. Um, So, yeah, it passes for me. I'm going to give it a three out of five, because, like, you know, it's it's a better version of the story, but, like, it's still a bit on the garbage side. Steve, keep you warm. Uh, Because instead of powdering, I use soothing lotion on my nether regions. Um, There you go. (laughs) I can sit through four hours gladly because I use this lip. No, that's sponsored. Uh, <laughs> using both monocles and capes, uh, I I am going to give it a four out of five because I did oh, feel the, the elements that were uh, corrected and brought back was enough for me to enjoy this story much more than it did in 2017. Granted, I'm yeah. also someone who is a fan of BVS Unlimited Edition, um, because of the same reasons. Uh, so it was enough for me. It has plenty of weaknesses. 
and things I would have taken out to make it a three hour movie or three and a half. But again, for me, it was enough to make me uh, enjoy it uh, much more than I did in 2017. So pass and four out of five. Nice. Well, I have to say, yes, the film does pass. It does a much better job of creating a somewhat cohesive, if not elongated story within this film. Uh, It does pass for me. Um, Here's the thing. We, as film critics, we, as, as just professional critics in general, we tend to look at things and we say, okay, if this has been recreated, first thing we do is we compare it to its original and then we compare it to the, on the macro scale. Um, Compared to the original film, yes, this is much better. This is more cohesive. It's got a lot more heart. However, I have to look at this in the scale as well in reference to comparing it to other epic films. Not other four-hour films, because there's no way this is going <laughs> to measure up some of those. But in terms of its ability to square, <laughs> square up to other films of this magnitude and this expectation um i'm gonna have to give it a 2.5 this is right down the middle for me it does so looking back at how i believe i rated uh the original justice league at a like a 0.2 or 0.3 it was it was beneath the one i believe holy smoke it was that bad um this is substantially better than its original however there are still aspects of it that need to be fine-tuned if they do continue to move forward with the snyder verse i don't want another four-hour movie Plain and simple. I and, feel like Zach can only do four-hour movies now. Well, no, here, no, here's the thing. I'm not going to sit through a whole another one like that. Um, so here's to hoping that the, it's a 2.5 for two reasons. Number one, it does much better than its original film. And number two, it's an investment in the fact that I hope that the next film, he learns to kind of condense his story and get it out there in a much more consumable amount of time. So that's my hope. That is my wish. And this was another great episode of our crossover extravaganza with the Capeless Crusaders, Doc, Amy, Steves. Uh, thank you guys for joining us for today's episode. And we had such a great time talking to you guys. We're going to have to bring you back on for another great episode. Talking you already about, have uh, him booked for oh, no. Dune. I got, I got him booked for Dune. Dune. And I got, got a Steves for booked for Halloween. Halloween kills. And- <laughs> no, no. The one that we're gonna drag Amy to. So, no. yeah. Oh, that sounds like fun. Yeah. 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 No, <laughs> no, no. They're so excited. <laughs> David, help. Uh, uh nope. <laughs> uh, Doc, again, why don't you let us know where people can uh, find you? Oh, hey, you can find us at thecapeplusCrusaders.com, your hub <gasps> for all things Crusaders related. My name is, of course, David Barry at Dr. Barry on varying social media platforms. <gasps> And passing it over to Amy. Yeah, this is Amy. You can find me at Robot on the varying social media platforms when I am not interning here with the gentleman at The Philosophers. And of course, throwing it to the man in Galt. The hierarchy of power in the DC universe is about to change. Black Adam, July 2022. This is the Azorian one, <laughs> Anthony Steves. How'd you sneak in a friggin' ad in there? <laughs> my boy! He's my, we're, we're not, not getting paid, paid for it. We're not getting paid for That's it. That's my boy! No! Dwayne! Damn it! DJ! <laughs> And where can we watch them on Tuesday nights? Young Rock, NBC. <laughs> oh, my God. Solo energy what drink. about you? Terramana, tequila. Where, where, <laughs> where can we find you? Anything The Rock's on. Okay. <laughs> the Azorian uh, one on Instagram, Twitter, oh. <laughs> and all the handles liking The Rock's posts. 
There you go. And as well as the film philosophers, you can catch us on any uh, social media platform, including Facebook at facebook.com forward slash philosophers and on Twitter and Instagram at Filmlosophy101. You can also catch all of our great episodes, including this one and the other episodes that we have prior to this on our website at filmlosophers.com. This was a great show, and I'm glad we had such a great time talking about this. And that's one of the great things about uh, fandoms and having just common interests in terms of movies and having collaborators who share that same interest and passion. So thank you guys again for joining us. We yeah. had a great time. Uh, so from all of us here at the Philosophers, I'm Eddie. I'm David from the Campus Crusaders. I'm Amy. Spence. Anthony Steves. <laughs> Class dismissed. <laughs> <laughs>